welcome. It's eight minutes after the hour. And before we uh, go around the table here and, and uh, discuss the firearms that uh, Larry Whalen brought in from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. Uh, and uh, get commentary from uh, people like Joe Gilbert from joegilbert.us. we got to find a clever way to wrap that one up, too. Like, Not at the Brown Station location. <laughs> no, that, <laughs> no, no, that out work. there. He's out there. Well, you know, I could say Joe Gilbert, and then he could jump in. Dot .us. Say, yeah, at joegilbert.us. Yeah. Uh, and then we come to Scott Van Kirk. Uh, fr from an unknown location. Dot bald. Yeah. Well. He's, uh, wow, that's just, it's hurtful. Is that hurtful? It's and you, you are, and you, and you wonder why I never return things that you lend me. <laughs> well, that, anyway, before we get to the, uh, to the uh, uh, round table on the firearms, let me, let me play this, because I thought this was pretty good. Uh, this is uh, Chip Roy, uh, member of the House, explaining to a stunned Jerry Nadler. Humpty Dumpty. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Um, this porcine pile of poo uh, has had stomach bypass surgery, and he still looks as though there is not a, a morsel of food he lets... He was fed with a slingshot. Uh, but anyway, that's beside the point. He is, you know, trying to he, to comprehend what, it, what Chip Roy is saying about the Second Amendment and, you know, AR-15s, etc. And Chip Roy just lays it out. Nadler is stunned. Um, you, 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 you said that um, you could use a semi-automatic weapon to, uh, to fight tyranny. Sure. You mean you'd use it against American troops? <laughs> the very exact, we're taking my time, the very existence of the Second Amendment is designed purposefully to empower the people to be able to resist the force of tyranny used against them to step over their natural rights given to them by God. That is why the Second Amendment exists. That is very specifically why the Second Amendment exists. And let, let's be very clear about that. Let's, let's rewind the clock a little bit, as I know at least several justices have written in Supreme Court opinions, but about what life looked like, looked like in the 19th century and what the government was doing to remove the ability of either slave owners or, importantly, free blacks or importantly, whites who even stood up in defense of blacks or against slavery, and the efforts by the South and the efforts by the strong arm of government to remove their ability to have firearms. That is an absolute, undeniable, documented, historic fact in our country. As uh, written by... Um, Robert uh, Verbrugge in the National Review, and I'm happy to submit this to the record without objection, uh, he writes, the heart of the problem is that in an effort to stave off rebellion and maintain the race, racial caste structure that had developed under slavery, state and local governments refused to respect freedmen's constitutional rights. Crucial to the South's efforts were gun control laws that applied to blacks and blacks alone. This does not show that, uh, and it goes on further, I'm going to take too long, um, where it goes into the South's campaign against black gun ownership, not surprisingly, began long before the Civil War. Two slave rebellions in the 1820s stoked whites' fears, and in response, many legislatures amended their laws prohibiting slaves from carrying firearms to apply the prohibition to free blacks as well. Um, Stunned. He just... <clears throat>
can't imagine what he, he actually doesn't understand what the Second Amendment is all about. Uh, and I thought that was, uh, you know, a pretty good demonstration of what happens with gun control, just looking back historically. And he is right. Chip Roy is right. Uh, gun control was designed to keep blacks from being armed. It was a way for us to, you know, that Ku Klux Klan to go hang you without you being able to resist. Anyway, I thought I would play that. I thought it was uh, well worth well worth being heard. Uh, all right, so I'm I'm watching as as you guys are playing uh, with these firearms, and uh, I think maybe we ought to talk about a few of them. What hath God wrought? What you uh, what you got, Larry? What you got? Well, what you got? We brought the, um, the the shield. Grab that shield there. That is the Smith and Wesson MNP Shield 2.0 with integrated green crimson trace laser. So it is a fantastic little carry gun. It's and fun. I'm having fun. Yeah, with are you it. having fun with that one? I'm having mm -hmm. a lot of it's fun a, with it's this a, one. It's a great little gun. Now this and is it's a, got all the springs back in it. Yeah. So. <laughs> this is a clean used firearm we took in on trade. Um, the the this is the shield has had so many iterations. So this is the original shield plus. No, this is the original shield 2.0. 2.0. Not the shield plus. Not the shield plus. And as of yet, we do not have a shield plus, plus 2.0. Right. Because the names just keep getting longer and longer. Um, so the capacity in this magazine is, uh, Scott, you got to tell me. I don't, I don't even know what uh, this one holds. They are seven or eight. Seven and eight round magazines. Yep. Um, so the eight round magazine just has a little bit longer grip frame, yep. um, the grip extender that, that comes on it. Seven round mag uh, in that gun. Scott, your pinky's going to dangle a little bit, right? A little bit, a little yeah. bit, but I'll... Um, it's certainly a, a big enough gun to be very shootable. Oh, yeah. It is in full 9mm. Uh, this one is equipped with the manual safety. Uh, so there's a, a slide-mounted manual safety that's thumb-operated. And um, a, still, even though there is a higher-capacity version of it now, the Shield mm -hmm. Plus, this is a great little carry gun. Well, and during the break, I was telling you and Joe about a company that I was turned on to uh, by an instructor that at a course I was at recently called MagGuts, MagGuts.com. It boosts the capacity, boosts of, standard the capacity of a standard magazine. It uses nice. the body of the actual magazine, and I would, without looking at the website right off the top of my head, I would imagine it probably turns this 8 into a 10. So reducing follower size, follower I, dimensions if I knew probably. the If I knew the engineering and the science, then I would own a company <laughs> called Mag Plus or yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> I just know that it was recommended to me by an individual whose judgment I trust. Yeah. And um, mag, I'm, I'm mag just with guts. Mag Guts. One word. M-A-G-U-T-S dot com. Awesome. Um, so, and I'm a shield guy. I carried a shield 1.0. Yeah, the original I, shield. I, I still got an original shield. Yeah, I bought it from you. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, I paid. I way, mean, I'm yeah. sure I paid, I'm sure I paid way too much for it. <laughs> well, you know, retail plus twenty percent for Scott. Exactly. Yeah. That's why it's one of the other reasons I never return anything you loan me. <laughs> but fair I, enough. Fair enough. I like I like the Smith and Wesson Shield. I really do. I um, I've got thousands upon thousands of rounds through my original one, and I fully intend to put uh, thousands of rounds through my plus now that I've been able to get magazines for. Yeah. Yeah, which took forever. Thank you, Smith and Wesson. No, really, thank you, Smith. Finally, for saying that. No, they got the guns out. They, 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 they got the guns out with magazines, but just the extra magazines right, were right. Uh, yeah, were I only, slow to market. I called them every week. That happened. I was a total Karen with them. I called them <laughs> every week, asking what the status of more magazines were. <laughs> but no, great gun. I have I have, I have no problem um, recommending the Smith and Wesson Shield in all of its iterations. Ellis Bennis, a uh, friend of the show. TheSuperBelt.com. You can buy his belts at, at 
modern arms. You mean belt boy? <laughs> belt boy. <Yep>. Belt boy. <laughs> <laughs> belt boy. Yeah, I can see right. him in. I can see him in action. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in an ill-fitted spandex superhero <laughs> <Yes>. suit. <laughs> Man, I hope he's listening. Belt boy. <laughs> Get, Brian, we got to make sure we podcast this one. So uh, if he's not yes. listening, he can. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to say I'm in downtown Fulton like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, he um, he he bought a, a firearm from you, didn't he? Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yeah, we sold him a nice little concealed yeah. carry gun. He said he got my discount too. No, no, I hooked him up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really like Ellis. <laughs> So what did he get? What did he get? Because I, I know he was talking about how happy he was with he it. He got one of the new Ruger 9s. Yeah. The Ruger uh, Pro 9. I think it was. the Ruger, Yeah. The yeah. high-capacity Ruger 9mm. Yeah. They're, they're, they're new. New-ish. Last yeah. six months or so. Yeah. He apparently has Donald Trump hands. They're kind of small. And uh, he, he just loves the way that gun feels in his hand. He can grip it very comfortably, he said. He loves the trigger. Loves the way it shoots. Uh, how are we doing on those? Or did did we just blow through those? Um, the first batch of them uh, flew through. We've got more on order. I, uh, Gary, I, I I don't know if we've got one on the wall today or not. I've I've just happily come back from uh, a, a week of vacation to to join you on the radio, and I'll be at the shop at ten o'clock, and we'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ruger Ruger Security Nine. Security Nine. Yeah, yes. that's it's a, it's a uh, fifteen. I think he got the fifteen round version. There's a ten round version too. But he just loves it, so um, uh, uh, he, just does. I'd he does. Point if, that if, out. He, if you're listening, uh, Belt Boy, give me a shout sometime, and I'll, we'll go out to the range and um, maybe help you get just a smidge bit better with it. I don't think he could improve. He's pretty good. You think so? Sure. I mean, I, mean, I think you could improve him. Maybe. Well, that's you're, why I was. You're, oh, boy, you're a great trainer. That's Listen to them, Joe, as they walk the fine line. Huh? <laughs> I was just offering yeah. maybe to give him a little bit of training for free, but that's okay. Apparently, you don't need it, Ellis. So uh, delete that part. <laughs> All right. So Larry, Larry shot that to hell for you. All right. Larry says you don't need it. There's nothing yeah. I can teach you, so that's fine. Now, uh, now was that was that a compliment for Ellis, or was it a, uh, repudiating you? As I an think instructor? it was both. I think Larry managed <laughs> to accomplish <laughs> both. I, I didn't. I didn't mean to do both. That's fine. So forget about that, Ellis. All right. <laughs> Up against the clock here. Quick break. We'll be back. You're listening to Gary on Guns on Hot Talk 93.9 Eagle. It is 23 minutes after the hour, and Joe Gilbert is on board with us, JoeGilbert.us. Uh, you know, there's just, you know, if you don't plan, if you, you, you've got to make things up as you fly. Uh, much better to plan things out in advance. Joe Gilbert will help you to do that. When the bad when the bad guy comes, you will have in your mind what you'll do, how you'll do it, uh, whether it's at work or at home, uh, walking down the street in your car. He's got the background to to educate you and teach you about this. Just held a terrific class out at Green Valley last week. He's going to do it again. But if you want training, that's the guy to go. Pre-plan. Look for the options in advance. Don't get caught off guard. Also on board with us is Scott Van Kirk. Scott, of course, is my co-host uh, on the national show, Gary on Guns. Scott, welcome. Glad to have you back with us. How's it doing? How's it going, buddy? How's it? it well, <laughs> <it's> going, <laughs> going fair at best. I've that's lost right. control. Uh, well, yeah, that, that's a given. That's the first time you've talked to him this morning, so I can't question. <laughs> yeah, we just, we just, we just 
keep on cruising. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Push yeah. forward. Uh, and then, of course, Larry Wayland is in from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. Yeah. So we talked about this uh, M&P shield. 2.0. laser. Huh? 2.0. 2.0, yes. With the laser. With a green laser. <laughs> but let's talk SIG. <laughs> the SIG. Oh, wait. I we put brought th- in a SIG P320, uh, <laughs> 9mm. Um, and this is the 15-round uh, magazine capacity on this one, I believe. Is that right, Scott? Okay. Well, I had the Glock in my hand. Oh, so, no. Yeah. We're doing the we're doing yeah, the we're 320. Yeah, this is 15. Yeah, so they sell <laughs> a couple different, uh, a couple different uh, modular frame sizes for the 320. Yeah. Uh, you can buy a 12 Just round a grip couple, frame, right? a yeah. 15, uh, a 17, uh, and then they have a, a 20 and 22 yeah. round mags available for them. It's a great system. It's the the heart of the system is what the U.S. military has adopted. Uh, the, the modular frame design of the 320 uh, fielded on the military as the M17 and the mm. M18 in right. two different sizes. But it can be uh, reconfigured into a multitude of different calibers and configurations. Right, because the gun itself is the trigger control system yeah. that's actually embedded in the uh, in the frame. So you pop that baby out, get a different frame size, drop it in, different gun, different gun. Yep. So it's uh, it's really neat. Sig uh, was was kind of a pioneer on serializing a modular right. fire control group in a in a polymer frame. Uh, before that, uh, most guns that had a polymer frame, that was the serialized item. Right. On this gun, the, the 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 fire control group, the trigger and uh, striker release mechanism are the fi- are the firearm. So you can have variable grip what? sizes for for very little money. Uh, you want me to take that out? Uh, if you want to, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think you can get it back. To you think so? Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Discount, by the way, if it no, doesn't right. no, all the pieces, parts are right. Well, all all the parts will be there. <laughs> we'll make sure that that happens. We'll put them in a gallon size Ziploc bag. Mark have, on the outside. I, I have mailed a gun, a North American Arms <laughs> Mini Revolver, back to the factory to have it reassembled in a Ziploc bag. Yes, I did. <laughs> that was humbling. Yeah. Uh, shouldn't have taken that one apart. People used to, people used to bring me uh, Ruger Mark II oh, yeah, in Ziploc the, bags yeah. to put it back together for them. But um, no, the uh, the Sig three twenty is a great little system, as as Larry has articulated. But the best thing you can say about the three twenty series is from the factory, out of the box triggers. These triggers are ridiculous. They're amazing. They're ridiculous. They're great triggers. Yeah, I, competition grade triggers. Oh yeah, on, on a on, on a, a, fact, re, on a, a factory, factory gun. gun yeah. yeah, which is phenomenal. So yeah, got a rail on the bottom there. We can put uh, laser or flashlight, whatever you want. Sure. Uh, nice little firearm. Easy to conceal. Hard to believe it holds that many rounds because yeah. it just doesn't feel that big. It doesn't look that big. And for and for uh, for standard sights, because these are not night sights. No, these are just three dot. Yeah, they are still. I like them. They're tall. They're high, they're pretty high contrast. Yeah. yeah, pretty aggressive. A three dot system. So yeah, oh, great little gun. But wait, there's more. There's more. There's more. We also brought in the Glock 19 Gen 5. MOS. Exactly. All of that. All of that. Because the names just keep getting longer right. and, the numbers and longer. Make, and the numbers make no sense. <laughs> Thank you, Glock. And that's the MOSFS. Oh. It has the front serrations. Yes. Oh, 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 look at that. There's actually, there's actually a photograph of this on, uh, on the Facebook page for Gary on Guns. But the label that identifies the firearm is so long that it, it scrolls off the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got to go to the next page to yeah, see it below like the fold. A, you know, yeah. 
And well, they committed to, I mean, way back in the day, they committed to the Glock 17, you know, mm-hmm. patent 17. And after that, it had, it stopped making sense after, yes. after that. That's <laughs> right. I've got a Glock 45. Yeah. Uh, which is a 9 millimeter. 9 millimeter. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Glock. Or my 44. <laughs> yeah, which is a 22. Well, if I could get a, yeah. What yeah. kind of sense does that make? When I heard Glock 44, I was like, ooh, ooh 44 Glock? 44. Return of the Automat? Oh, no, it's a 22. Oh, it's a 22. <laughs> anyway, oh. the Glock 19 <laughs> MOS FS that you have in your hands, 15-round uh, magazine capacity, uh, as we've seen with Glock for decades. Oh, it just sounds right. Um, so the MOS edition has a modular optics plate so that you can install a red dot of your choice. Op- optics ready, sure. Optics ready. Um, in front of the rear sight, so you maintain iron sight backups. So you can still have iron sight backups. A lot of times you can add uh, taller sights, uh, like suppressor height sights, to sure. co-witness with a lot of those red dots. Mm-hmm. That's a system I really like. Um, a, lot a, of, a lot of old guys are rocking A those lot guys. of old guys, because I've noticed <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Joe nods his yes. <laughs> My glasses are over here on the, on the counter. You're wearing nice. Yeah, where are they now? With that, with that MOS system, with, with a red dot on, on the Glock, I'm able to much more rapidly get shots on target. Mm-hmm. Because the focal time it takes me to, from the sight plane to the threat plane... Is oh, yeah. is growing and growing, mm-hmm. and with the red dots, I'm able to keep my my focal length at the th- at the at the threat distance and bring the red dot between me and it. And it it really does. Uh, after a little bit of learning, a little bit of practice yep. that is required to to mm-hmm. learn that new skill, um, it's amazing how much faster mm-hmm. that is. No, if you uh, with an RDS, if you put the time in, <laughs> as with so many other things, if you put the time in and the training in and the rounds downrange with it, there. It's phenomenal what you can do with an RDS. It's That's absolutely cheating. Fun. Yeah, yes. it is. It yeah. is, but you, but it's not a. It's not where you just put an RDS on it and now you're and now you're that good. You, yeah, I bought no, Michael no. Jordan's shoes. Yeah, look, I'm it, this good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Reach out to Scott Jedlinski, um, Modern Samurai oh, Project. Definitely. If yes. you're gonna, definitely. If you're gonna play Red Dot, <clears throat> you, you want to play Scott. real Red Dot. Yes, yeah. you want to get with the Jedi. Yeah. Yep. yep. All right. We're going to find out uh, another question about the supply chain uh, from Larry Wayland at Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. And we're going to talk about Virginia. All coming up on Gary and Guns Hot Talk 93.9. 35 minutes after the hour. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Supply chain is a problem. Uh, we'll talk to Larry Wayland here in a minute uh, about that specifically. But Scott Van Kirk is with us. He is the uh, co-host of Gary on Guns National and... Joe Gilbert is with us, joegilbert.us. That's the place to go to get your training so you know exactly what you're going to do when the bad guy comes. Scott, put that down. Uh, oh, what? oh, we're oh we're on the radio. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't hear anything about the Brown Station location. Oh, yeah, Brown well, Station I had, location. I hadn't mentioned uh, that specifically yet. That, that's, that's my cue. Is that, is, that's, oh. He was about to take a slide off of another gun. Yeah. It's amazing how quickly he can disassemble them. And sometimes even gets them back together again. But we're hearing about the supply chain problem, and I'm wondering if there is a, a great deal of impact on uh, firearms and, and their availability or parts, uh, Larry, that you've been able to tell, or is it just still the overwhelming demand that manufacturers domestically haven't been able to keep up with? I believe it mostly to be overwhelming demand. Um, I have no clue what they're struggling with on the backside of the factory getting getting raw materials in. But, um, you know, they're, they're continuing to manufacture ammunition. They're just focusing on the high-volume production of, of handgun ammunition and, and two twenty three rifle ammunition. Um, you know, we're, we are 
we went through a very long time through COVID where firearms themselves were very hard to get. That has that has blossomed back into a a, a, a huge inventory and, and virtually the full catalog of, of firearms are available in relative short order, uh, certainly with, with some exceptions. But um, ammo is not that way yet. It will be, again, tens of months, I think, before we see balance in the ammunition oh. world. I have run across a um, two different uni- unicorns as it relates to the ammunition. What did you find? <laughs> Uh, uh, recently, I have acquired some federal HST Whoa. in nine millimeter. Nice and nice premium some, defense ammo. Right? Yeah. yeah. Tell me about it. And then the other one is, is I also tripped upon some federal flight control twelve gauge. Oh, beautiful! Double up, double up. Yeah, that's double. hard. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, it was hard to get before things went right. to heck. Yeah. And then, yeah, like I said, that, they were unicorns. You very rarely see them in the wild. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I, yes, yes, I'm, would I you, will buy that. Yes. Would you like? Yes, I would like that. Have you seen the Hypershock thirty eight special? No, it's it's a hollow. It's like a wad cutter hollowed out down in it. You can see somebody mistaking it as a blank, scary looking stuff. Really, I got, I got several boxes. Where did you get that from? No, no, we'll so talk about it off the air. We'll talk about that off the air. And you do believe in sharing, right? <laughs> sharing? Well, yeah, because <laughs> off the air, Joe is going to share with me where he found that. <laughs> uh, all right, we got a we got a couple more things here. Some a little bit more ground that we want to uh, cover here. Uh, one of them I, I want to deal with is elections, uh, and they have res- they have uh, all kinds of uh, impacts, uh, as we all know. Virginia used to be a, a reliably red state, and then as Washington D.C. and the bureaucracies there expanded, more and more uh, uh, leftists, I would argue, moved into Northern Virginia. They could have gone to Maryland, but they were you know taxes were too high. So they went down to Virginia where the Republicans were. Well, the net result is, and this happens in other states too, uh, there are so many collectivist Democrats living in northern Virginia that they literally overwhelm the rest of the state. So the state that is uh, you know, home to the headquarters of the National Rifle Association that was a strong Second Amendment state has been dominated by the Democrats for the last 20 years. And when they finally got control of the legislature and, and the uh, governor's mansion, they started passing anti-gun legislation. Well, right now, the election in Virginia is looking increasingly as though the Republican, Glenn Youngkin, is going to prevail. Uh, it looks as though the uh, Terry McAuliffe, who thought he had it in the bag, was going down the dumper. It didn't happen on the Second Amendment, surprisingly. It happened on education. But the point of this entire conversation is that these elections, uh, they really do have, you know, some pretty large impacts. And if you are a Second Amendment supporter, you need to ferret out candidates that will support the Second Amendment at the state and local level if you want to protect your rights. Because it very quickly disappeared in Virginia, and it's taken them a long time to get to the point where maybe they can gain some of their Second Amendment rights back. You don't want to go through that. And, and you know, we're lucky it, in Missouri because we have some of the best Second Amendment laws anywhere in the country. I would argue better than Texas, uh, better than Florida. Uh, you know, the Second Amendment Preservation Act. Wow, what a huge step in the right direction that is. We want to maintain that. We don't want to lose it. Uh, so, you know, vet your candidates. Make sure they're Second Amendment supporters. Or we could be like Virginia. 
it could happen here. Well, I, re I remain uh, cautiously optimistic about what's happening in Virginia in the gubernatorial race, but um, I'll see it when I I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Cautiously optimistic is the best I can do. Well, well just so we keep those parents out of the school system. They have no, no, yeah, no right telling us to teach your kids. Yeah, we don't want them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just mm. their kids. Yeah. Well, the, well, and Joe lobs a Molotov cocktail across the table. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, I'm, when you're, and I'm fresh out of fire extinguisher. <laughs> when you're talking about elections, momentum is important. Now, Fox News has an outlier uh, that shows uh, Yunkin ahead by somewhere in the neighborhood of 8%. Uh, 8% uh, if you take into account the, the plus or minus, he's at least five points ahead. Wow. Which would guarantee him a victory. Well, most yeah, of the depending other... On, depending on how they count the ballots, I guess. And, well, and, Larry, most... and Larry checks in. <laughs> <laughs> Went to bed at midnight, all good. Wake up at six. What happened? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, don't, no, don't anybody strike a match now. Yeah, um, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> but they... Uh, the, the momentum is what's important because... All of the other polling data indicate that Youngkin is at least tied um, with uh, McAuliffe. And it all ha has sort of evolved over the course of the, of the last you know, couple of weeks. So as long as he's got the momentum, I'm almost positive that he's going to win. I'll tell you the one thing that scares me, and I know a lot of people love early voting. But that early voting means that all those people who sent in their votes, perhaps for Terry McAuliffe, Earlier on, well, their votes were already counted. And if they change their mind, it's too late. That's why I don't like uh, the, this whole early voting thing. Get all the information you can before you go vote. Uh, he, he could have a, a lead based on uh, the, the response of people early voting who hadn't perhaps heard him uh, talk about not letting parents decide what their kids should learn, etc., well, I, th I think McAuliffe made a, a, a tactical error, maybe even possibly a strategic error. It may have been that important. Is that he should have had Bill and Hillary come and campaign for him. I would have liked to have seen that. <laughs> I think yeah. that would have helped him a lot. Um, and I'm really kind of disappointed that he didn't. Well, he didn't want the White House helping him much. Did I he? wish I would. Well, <laughs> well, you know, this is the irony of it. He recognized, and I know I'm doing the, the Monday through Friday thing here briefly, but he recognized that Biden was hugely unpopular in Virginia. Let's go, Brandon. And avoided having him in until last week when he suddenly thought out of desperation, and that's what it sounds like, he brought in uh, Joe Biden. Uh, but that's uh, you know, strikes me as like going swimming with an anvil around your neck. Uh, he brings in one of the most unpopular men in the country to, to campaign for him. On the other hand, Yunkin, to the best of my knowledge, hasn't brought anybody in. No. No, he's somebody that he somebody that he really doesn't need to be in may have made some comments, but that's a different story. Yeah, you're talking about Trump. I was trying to be nice, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but he hasn't, to the best of my knowledge, he has done this uh, with old-fashioned retail politics. Yeah. He's gone out stumping and and shaking hands and uh, shaking maybe, maybe not yeah. shaking babies, kissing but. hands and shaking babies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and, 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 and having um, a good conservative message of, of constitutionalism. Yeah, right. well, you that, can't, that plays pretty well in America. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Still. But yeah. nationalizing the state election in this case, and that's what McAuliffe has done by bringing in Biden, 
has been a, a horrible mistake. I predict that uh, this will be a victory for Yunkin, and I think that it will be a victory for the Second Amendment in uh, Virginia. Are, we take, are, you, are, you giving we, o- are you giving odds on we that, We pray Gary? you are right, Are Gary. you giving odds on that, Gary? And what's the I bet? Would, I would argue... <laughs> I would argue, you know, short of a, a boatload of mail-in votes uh, suddenly appearing oh, in Poughkeepsie. Po- oh, yeah. They've got the boats loaded. And they won't have any trouble offloading those. Yeah. Um, you talk about supply chain. If they could unload ballots as quick as they could unload ships, we wouldn't have any trouble. Yeah. Uh, so You I, should I, have Larry in on, on Monday. In fact, you know, you should have Larry in on Tuesday, Election Day, for some... For some hard-hitting analysis. I re- I'm going to recommend that for the weekday show. Yeah, there you go. All right. Back to wrap it up with why most people don't know how successfully people have defended themselves with guns. Peace at Crime Research will highlight. I'm Gary on Guns. All right, we're trying to get this thing up. Oh, there we go, finally. Now, here's your gifted gun guru, Gary Nolan. (laughs) (laughs) Belt boy. (laughs) Oh, Lord, I hate him. I really do. Uh, All right, let me uh, just uh, jump right in here. There is study after study that indicate that, uh, frankly, more people are saved on an annual basis because they brandished a firearm uh, to repel an attack uh, then, then actually, then people who, you know, get killed by uh, by the bad guys. <clears throat> On May fifteenth, an attacker at an apartment complex in Fort Smith, Arkansas, fatally shot a woman, and then fired ninety three rounds at other people before a man killed him with a bolt action rifle. Police said he likely saved a number of lives in the process. June thirtieth, a twelve year old Louisiana boy used a hunting rifle to stop an armed burglar who was threatening his mother's life during a home invasion. On July 4th, a Chicago gunman shot into a crowd of people, killing one and wounding two others, before a concealed handgun permit holder shot and wounded the attacker. Police praised him for stepping in. That's just a few of the nearly 1,000 incidents reported by the media so far this year in which gun owners have stopped mass shootings and other murderous acts, saving countless lives. And crime experts uh, say that uh, these high-profile cases represent just a small fraction of the instances in which guns are used defensively. But the data are unclear for a number of reasons. And this has political ramifications because it seems to undercut the claims of gun rights advocates that they need to possess firearms for personal protection. An issue that, by the way, as we talked about earlier, is in front of the Supreme Court. Americans who look only at the daily headlines would be surprised to learn that, according to academic estimates, defensive gun uses, including instances where guns are simply shown to deter a crime, are four to five times more common than gun crimes and far more frequent than the fewer than 20,000 murders each year. With or without a gun. But even when they prevent mass public shootings, defensive uses rarely get national news coverage. Those living in major news markets like New York, Washington, D.C., and Los Angeles are unlikely to hear the stories. As of August 10th, America's five largest newspapers, the New York Times, Washington Post, L.A. Times, USA Today, and the Wall Street Journal, have published a combined total of 10 stories 
this year reporting a civilian using a gun to successfully stop a crime, according to a search of the Nexus base of news stories. By contrast, the same newspapers had a total of 1,743 news stories containing the keywords murder or murdered uh, or murderers and gunfire shot or shots. So it's no wonder, Scott, that people who, you know, read these major news uh, uh, diurnals uh, come away just thinking gun guns are evil. Oh, absolutely. But that, realistically, the publishers of uh, and the news outlets that you're talking about, as well as in a in a, in large portion, at least their geographic uh, customer base, really isn't interested in hearing about what us rubes are out here doing in regards to defending ourselves and other people. And I don't think you're going to change that. Um, the the politics um, don't lend themselves to them portraying anything that is alternative to their view of this of this particular subject. Well, and it's it's the fear narrative. <clears throat> We're going to talk about the the heinous murders, the, right. the crimes committed with guns, and make you think you have to rely on the state, mm -hmm. the the government. Right to provide you some level yeah, of protection from that when in fact it's the armed citizen sitting next to you in the diner that's going to cover your tail right yeah. Yeah. yeah but joe wouldn't wouldn't people be interested in hearing those stories oh absolutely wouldn't? yeah everybody i mean it's, it's like lassie i mean we all love hearing stories where where the good guy wins we just just not the narrative that's that's uh yeah what does popular what does the what does the media care about what people want? Right, to they, hear? there's an agenda to enforce. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because they want you dependent on the government. Right? Yeah. Why? Why do they want they you want to? Because you outsource your protection to a uh, someone else, and then that is giving up more control of your life. Yeah. But why would the media be interested in doing that? Because they, they don't understand that the media, First Amendment media. is also going to erode away very quickly once the second is gone. Right. They and don't understand they're the next boogeyman that the state will come after after they've been able to eliminate the Second Amendment. Well, I'm going to go. I'm going to. I'm going to go down Larry's road and be the Molotov cocktail thrower now. <laughs> and I am going to say that they do understand. They just the, think they're going to garner, garner favor from the state by, uh, by carrying the water? I don't think that journalism in, um, in general um, specifically cares anymore about the First Amendment. If they did, they would be out protesting any violation of the First Amendment. Aye. But instead, they're, they're far more interested in their version of the First Amendment. Yeah, Right. Yeah. That's, why, that's why it doesn't matter if they're listening because I'm not doing anything wrong. Well, it depends on who's in charge. Right. Oh and yeah. So, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What yeah. websites are you looking at? Oh, I don't care if they look. I'm not doing anything wrong. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, you hear that kind of thing, especially on the left, and I've heard that on the from uh, even people that I thought were conservatives. And it's, you know what? I'm not doing anything wrong. Go ahead, look. Uh, well, I was but, I was talking to a friend. This is a number of months ago, but I was talking to a friend who lives in New York City, and. Um, uh, she is a green card holder. She, she's here on a student visa, visa, so she's not even a, um, a U.S. citizen. But I was explaining to her the foundations of this country is what is is may, might be difficult for you to understand, and that you can't you can't walk into this country and understand this because it's not being presented to you by anybody. But the foundation of this country is the individual yes. and the individual's rights. Yes. Now, if you'd never. People who lived in this country their entire lives don't understand that. But if you come here from a different country, you don't look around and get and understand that. 
this is a country built by the individual. We're a representative republic. We're not a democracy. Yes. We are a country so, so, to, we will go above and beyond, or should go above and beyond. We were founded about, on, upon protecting the individual. You look at the Bill of Rights, it doesn't go to groups, it goes to individuals. Well said. Uh, Modern Arms, the Brown Station location. You'll see Larry down there in those firearms. JoeGilbert.us, thank you for being with us. And Scott Van Kirk, always a pleasure. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. Seize the day. Carpe diem. Grand baby. Honey, I'm coming home.